This is Doc's Cost, episode 16. Joe Montana, Jim Plunkett, George Blanda. All 16, all from the Bay Area. But I got a tip this morning from JT, and he said that uh, a young man in Seattle by the name of Tyler Lockett just signed a four-year deal for 70 million bucks. So good luck to him. He's 16 up in Seattle. So got to stick with the kids. And now let's get on with it. We're going to talk about how insurance companies have to be transparent in this new environment. So hit it, Morgan. In this mission is simple, to get you 100% covered. I'm Scott Dowling. I've got over three decades of insurance knowledge and experience to share with you. I don't work for the insurance company and I'm beholden to no one. I'm here to make healthcare transparent for all of us. There's an affordable insurance plan out there someplace, and I promise to help you find it. Doc's Cost starts now. Hey, hey. Yeah, so, you know, I, I like the insurance business. I really do. It's a, it's a good business. It's necessary. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, it's for unforeseen circumstances, which we had one of those yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, it's that time of year in southwest Florida. The humidity's up a little bit. The temperatures are up a little bit. And uh, every afternoon, late in the day, you get a pretty good downpour. And uh, unfortunately, there was a MacBook Pro that was on the lanai, and it sat on the lanai, and the downpour came, and the MacBook Pro was resting comfortably this morning in a baking pan and covered in rice. So... You never know what's going to happen. There's risk everywhere, unforeseen, accidental, but uh, there is risk. And luckily, the MacBook Pro came back to life early this afternoon, so all is well. You've heard me say it before. You hear it in the intro. Um, I am not beholden to the insurance company. I don't work for an insurance company. I am a licensed producer, which means that I am basically a broker. Um, I've been in the insurance business a long time and uh, do know a thing or two, and that's why you're here. I'm going to tell you so you don't have to know the insurance stuff. I do. Um, But we're going to talk about transparency, and I can tell you the insurance companies are not forthcoming in the same manner that the providers are not forthcoming. And that's going to change. It's already changing. Um, We've got the transparency, the hospital transparency um, rules that went into effect on January 1st. We talked about that in the last episode for the providers. And today we're going to talk about it for the insurance companies. Now, keep in mind, once again, you have a role to play. It's your money. You are ultimately responsible. Not the insurance company, not the doctor, not the hospital, not pharma. You. You are responsible. And I'm going to give you some information that you can act on. 
and that you can use and you can follow and you're going to help yourself and you're going to help your family and you're going to save some money and you're going to save yourself some frustration. Okay, so let's set the table here real quick. You've got the hospital price transparency rule that went into effect on January 1st of 2021 and you've also got the Affordable Care Act. Both of those have provisions in them that require the insurance companies to be transparent. I think the ACA has some more detailed direction for the insurance company. Uh, The new rule on price transparency that went into effect on January 1st is a little bit more opaque when it comes to the insurance company specifically, but the former secretary of HHS alludes to uh, insurance company transparency, but it's more on the provider side. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, but let's look at what the insurance company, who the insurance company is. Most people that have health insurance in the United States get it through their employer. And then the second biggest chunk get it through Medicare. Uh, the individual market is small, relatively speaking, about 10%. And the uninsured is relatively small, about 10%. Uh, so they're in the individual marketplace or they're not in any marketplace at all. In the employer's side, when you get the insurance from your employer, even on small companies, the majority of that insurance is provided through your employer on a self-funded basis. So there is really no insurance company. It's your employer. We've talked about that in the past. Where the employer is the self-funded insurer, the insurance company that you see, the name on the card, whether it be uh, United Healthcare or a Cigna, or a Blue Cross, or an Anthem, anything like that, they basically do administration. They're not providing insurance in the way that most lay people would think of insurance. They're providing administration. They're also providing network, where the network is the contracts that the doctors and the hospitals and the pharma agree to. So it's more on the administration side. But still... The insurance that the employers provide is just as important as the insurance that an insurance company provides in the individual market or the small group market. And you need to be aware of that, and you need to speak up when you need to talk about insurance. You need to speak up to your employer just like you'd speak up to the insurance company. And you need to find out if your plan from your employer is self-funded or if it's fully insured. And that's something you need to ask your employer self-funded versus fully insured. That's important to find out because your employer may ultimately be the insurance company. So here's the main uh, component from the Affordable Care Act that affects insurers, insurance companies, um, or your your employer for that matter. Uh, Medical loss ratio data and system resources. You can find this on the cms.gov site. Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Uh, They handle a lot of the administration, the policy administration um, for the federal government uh, with all of these laws and the Affordable Care Act being primary. Um, It says the Affordable Care Act requires health insurance companies to disclose how much they spend on health care and how much they spend on administrative costs, such as salaries and marketing. If an insurance company spends less than 80%, or in parentheses, it says 85% in the large group market, which is the self-funded market for the most part, 
of 80% of premium on medical care and efforts to improve the quality of care, they must refund the portion of premium that exceeds this limit. This rule is commonly known as the 80-20 rule or the medical loss ratio rule, MLR rule. So the, I'm going to put that up on the on the website on Doc's Cost. Keep in mind that we talked about medical loss ratio. We talked about loss ratio, paid loss ratio, IBNR, which is incurred but not reported. You can go back to the previous episodes uh, of Doc's Cost and see that. But uh, 80% of the... Uh, in the medical loss ratio is paid claims and reserves. So that includes IBNR, incurred but not reported. Um, The way that the insurance companies have dealt with that is a little bit questionable, but uh, it is out there and it is a rule and they are following it. Uh, they, They follow it in their own way, but they follow it. Next, we've got the hospital price transparency rule that went into effect on January 1st, and that's on the uh, Health and Human Services site, hhs.gov. I'm going to read from the press release from last October um, that talks about this and and says what the requirements are, and they include the insurance companies. I'll read it to you here. Today, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Labor, and the Department of the Treasury issued a final rule on price transparency, helping to ensure Americans know how much care will cost in advance and allowing them to make fully informed and value-conscious decisions. The rule requires that almost all health insurance companies and self-insured plans disclose pricing and cost share information. So really what that hospital price transparency rule from January 1st says is that the insurance companies need to disclose the prices that they've negotiated with the providers, with the hospitals, with the doctors, with the pharma, and they need to disclose that to all of the insured uh, members, the insured individuals, um, whether it's for an, whether you work for an employer or whether it's individual, uh, they need to disclose it. And when it's a self-insured program, then it's where they're the administrator. But it's basically saying that they have to disclose those prices so that you're aware of them. It doesn't say anything about telling you what the premiums are going to be or what you have to pay or how they arrive at the premiums. Um, and, and that's, the biggest issue for me is that's what the insurance companies need to do. Now, the way they comply with the Affordable Care Act with the medical loss ratio requirements of 80% for an individual or small, small business plan or a small group plan or uh, 85 on a large self-funded group, um, they will send you a letter you know, after the end of the year, they've done a calendar year accounting and they've calculated their loss ratio and it could be 83%, it could be 79%, it could be 86%, but they've calculated their loss ratio and they've published it. I'm going to put a link up for that, Um, but it's completely confusing. It's hard to get to. You have to enter the state you're in and then the insurance company's name. It is all truly confusing, and I even know what's going on. It's confusing for me. Imagine if you don't know what's going on, how confusing it's going to be for you. So I don't find that helpful whatsoever, knowing what the medical loss ratio is, beyond the fact that since there's reserves, reserves can be calculated any way you want, and you just have to justify them. So there's a fudge factor in there from the from the reserve standpoint. So even if you were due a refund, if you were an insured member 
and your insurance company, whoever that may be, sends you a letter and say, hey, our medical loss ratio was over by a tenth of a percent. We're going to give you a refund of this amount and we're going to apply it towards your premium for next year. So you're getting the money back in the future, but it's a discount on the premium that you would otherwise pay. So they're not giving you the money back. They're going to keep it on the renewal. And they're going to credit that towards the premium that you're going to owe for next year. So it's not even a refund. Rather than just giving the medical loss ratio, I think they should give you the medical loss ratio and what the reserves are and what their expenses are, what their overhead is and what their profit is. They should disclose the entire thing. They might kick and scream and holler, but how is that different than putting uh, all the ingredients on the side of the package, uh, the box of cereal? How is that different than putting the calorie count on the can of pop? How is that different than labeling the hot coffee as hot coffee? It's disclosure. Hopefully, it's going to be voluntary disclosure. Now, one place the insurance companies have complied with the Affordable Care Act and disclosing their prices on their premiums, um, that came through in healthcare.gov, or if the state's got its own exchange, then uh, California is, is called Covered California. It's not on the federal exchange, it's their own exchange. But I'm going to take you through healthcare.gov in an upcoming episode, but I do want to make a couple of comments. I went into Florida, I went into Illinois, and I went into California to go take a look um, on the healthcare.gov site. There were plans shown, there were rates shown, they ask you a few questions, they don't give it to you right out of the box, they want to know zip code and a couple other things. Once you get in there, and it took a while to get through, but once you get in there, the when I put in the zip code and I put in, indiv- you know, it's an individual policy, I put in the family size, age, a couple other things, which they want to know. And it said there were 70 plans available in Florida. So then there's a couple of filters and a sort tab. One of the filters was health savings account eligible. So that's a plan that is eligible for an HSA, which means it's an eligible high deductible health plan. When I put that in, there were only two available plans. It went from 70 to two. So somehow 68 plans went away just because I limited it to eligible high deductible health plans eligible for an HSA. That's astounding. I did the same thing in Illinois. I went into the Illinois site on healthcare.gov. Illinois had 52 plans available to me and I put in the HSA filter and it came up with two, two plans available in Illinois in the zip code that I put in, in Chicago, two plans available. There were high deductible health plans eligible for an HSA. That too is astounding. California did a bit better. When I put in the HSA filter, they had three plans available. How about that? Three. It's a 50% increase, but they only had 23 total plans available to begin with. So a big state like California, in the zip code I put in, only had 23 plans available. That's astounding. Now, one thing that they all did was they did produce a price. 
The only thing that I didn't like about the prices that they gave was the qualification. It says, important, prices are estimates. That's what I'm talking about with estimates. We don't need estimates. We need prices. You don't go to the store and pick something up off the shelf, and it's an estimated price. You don't go to the restaurant and order dinner for an estimated price. We have to demand that the prices are known up front. We need to demand that the prices are known for the premiums that you're going to pay for your insurance. It's an easy solution. It just needs to be demanded by the marketplace. And that's you. That's why I say you need to get involved. You need to take action. And you need to speak up. It's easy to do. We just need to demand it. Like I said in my show notes for the last episode, there's going to be somebody that comes out of nowhere that nobody's really heard of, or maybe they've got a small little business someplace, and it's going to be just like that guy who sold books. And now he's turned that book-selling company into a behemoth, and he's put a lot of retail stores out of business. A lot of big retail stores are out of business. So in the next episode, we'll look at uh, healthcare.gov, and we'll look at uh, some of the ways that you can navigate through that. And then we'll look at alternatives to healthcare.gov and how you can approach your upcoming renewal, whether you're an employee or whether you've got individual coverage. I'll look forward to getting after that then. As always, I appreciate your time very much. It's wonderful that you're with me. You can follow me on Twitter at DoxCost, D-O-X-C-O-S-T, Find us on the web, docscost.com. Tell your family, tell your friends. We're all in this together. I look forward to seeing you soon. It is always my pleasure to be with you. And remember, health insurance is not health care. DocsCost is where you gain the knowledge, experience, education, and information to become an astute consumer of health care and take control of your health insurance. Lower your costs, take total control. Now here's my pal Morgan Fingleton. So long, everybody. In this- Different tracks